You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host today, Patricia Caputo. Joining me is Nathan Messina and Andre Champagne. We're going to jump right into it today and start off talking about the LSU spring game that happened this weekend. Most notably, I really want to talk about the rule change that happened. So LSU spring game, LSU defeated themselves, offense versus defense. Actually, didn't defeat. They tied 32-32. to But Brian Kelly had some important things to say after the game about the college football rule change, that there will no longer be a stoppage on first down. Nathan, how could that affect the game positively or negatively? I think it has a little bit of both, positive and negative. I think um, you're going to see a lot more strategic, tactical football. Um, You're going to have to see – it's going to be coaches not just trying to, like, get as many plays in as they can. Um, But I think at the end of the day, that's – it's not what fans are looking for in college football. That's not why we watch college football. We watch college football for, like, fun, passionate, like, not unserious, but, like, less less involved football, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I think it just means pace is going to pick up, which is kind of how it's always been in the SEC, in my opinion, over, like, the, the years with the no huddles. But personally, at first, I didn't like it because we get less college football. I like just having a lot of college football as, as long as I can. I love just getting back to, like, my house and watching, like, a game that's, like, I don't know, like, at 12 o'clock, Pac-12 on, like, on the West Coast. So, But I guess it could be more exciting with how the defense prepares for, like, that speed. Yeah, I agree with you there. I do like what Brian Kelly had to say. We'll hear from him right now about how this could affect the game, what he said positively. But if you really, you know, look at it, I, I don't know that that changes structurally the way you go about doing things. You know, um, so because they're stopping the clock, you know, in the last two uh, before the half in the game, you know, that still is really where, you know, all the strategy, uh, you know, takes place. So I think that, again, what he said about the strategy, that was very important, that it seems like something you're just going to have to wait and see. How is it going to go down? What's exactly going to happen? And talking about how everything is going to go down, let's talk about the NFL draft. This podcast is being recorded on Thursday, April 27th. What's going to go down tonight with the first overall draft pick by the Carolina Panthers? Nathan? Um, I think they have to take Bryce Young. I feel like it's too obvious of a pick for them to mess up, for any GM to mess up. Um Obviously, there's a lot of smoke screens and, and rumors that I think are just smoke screens of Will Levis going first overall with the, the odds jumping up real high. Um, but I just don't think you trade up to number one overall to pick Will Levis. Uh, nah. Like, not at all. And as a Saints fan, look, like I'd, I'd love to see them <laughs> pick Will Levis or, like, Anthony Richardson. That would be dream scenario, but I just don't think they will. And, Andre, I'll go to you and ask you, well, what about Stetson Bennett? Now, I know that we had jokingly said before, well, he'll go number one, right? Jokingly. Clearly, the Panthers, even though they have yeah, their I choice. Yeah, would, would, I said dream scenario. That would be right, dream scenario. Right, that would be dream scenario <laughs> if you're a Saints fan. That would shock the world. But, Andre, <laughs> does he go undrafted, and why do you think he goes undrafted? No, I don't think he goes undrafted, just because we saw how elite he was in that Georgia scheme, um, and then – the Georgia scheme is is not very complex. I think you go to the NFL, and like he can get those kinds of things. So I think with NFL talent, I think he could be a like third string quarterback in the NFL at best. See, I think he does go undrafted because I think he's older. If you're looking at signing a guy, why would you sign someone who's already 25, 26 years old? Uh, you can get him for less money if he goes undrafted. 
I would even say more time to develop, but even then it's kind of like, what is his purpose? What is his role here? And then you have to talk about the character issues where he did have that public intoxication and you have to ask yourself, is this the guy that you want on the team? Is this a guy who's going to be able to help your team? And right now, I would not be set on Bennett being able to do that for your team. So that's why I do think he could go undrafted. Do I think he'll play at least a snap in the NFL someday? Sure, maybe as a backup. I'm not sure as a starter. But I think it possibly could happen. And with that, we have to mention Aaron Rodgers, who is likely going to get drafted on draft or going to get traded rather on draft night. And then all of a sudden that changed this week when he was traded to the New York Jets, along with a fifth round pick on Monday and exchange. Green Bay received a 13th overall pick, a second round pick, a six round pick in this year's draft. Nathan, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? I think the Jets are, are definitely 1000 percent playoff contenders now, in my opinion, probably AFC contenders. Depending on how the draft goes, but I think either way they could they could run away with the AFC, which obviously is the toughest conference in football because you got the Chiefs, the Bills, and a lot of a lot of juggernauts there. Yeah, the up and coming Jags, and then I think I mean call me crazy, but the Jets are defense. Like I think they're a good draft away from being Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion. That's like that's a hot take. Obviously, I think if you get a few more weapons and then you build that lineup. And that, like a little, like one or two defensive holes, you're going to be just okay. Like, I think you're going to be fine. I agree. And I think that's why Aaron Rodgers came here. He said, I want to win and I want to be with a, a city that's hungry to win. And right now, he excluded the Giants clearly, but the Giants haven't won in a few years. And the Jets, especially, haven't been to the playoffs in forever. And you're just waiting. And they've put together a lot of weapons. They've tried to bring in a lot of guys this offseason to say, Rodgers, we want you. We want you to come here, which is something Green Bay never did. And Nathan, when we were talking, Nathan said, maybe Green Bay uses that 13th overall pick to draft a wide receiver. And I said, I would be, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'd go right on the Pat McPhee show and say, that's funny. And that's exactly why I left, because I wasn't rocking with that. I asked you for years, and the only offensive player you drafted over the last 10 seasons was Jordan Love, who sat back up and behind me for years, when you probably could have drafted another quarterback in years to come, who maybe could have been more beneficial to your program, and then I could have possibly won you a second Super Bowl. But none of that happened. He is on the Jets. I think he's happy. Maybe the drama will be a little less. Like I said, maybe he won't expose his feet on the Pat McPhee <laughs> show. I think there's going to be more drama. I think because Aaron Rodgers is not not a media guy at all. True. Dude fights with the media constantly. Now he's got this big market in New York mm-hmm. City media. You're going to see a lot of very interesting press conferences, in my opinion. That's a big point, and people won't be quiet, and New York won't be quiet about him. But maybe that's where he fits in, because New York maybe is kind of so. like that, where they are rowdy, and they do like someone who can hold their own, and that's sometimes what Aaron Rodgers does. But it's yeah. definitely going to be an adjustment. And I think the thing with the Jets is that they're so desperate to win, they're going to listen to him a lot, which is something Green Bay just didn't do, because they won with him. Well, they traded pretty much their future. Right. So, I mean, you have to win right. with him. So you're, you're just going to be like, yep, he says that he's not one and done. He wants to stay there. So, again, something that you're just going to have to wait and see. But the draft does start tonight at 7 o'clock. And by this time, all of our questions will likely be answered, especially of who goes number one. I can't wait till I break down in our in our work group chat to see <laughs> how the Saints have completely thrown away their franchise, their organization. I don't know. I have hope. Mickey Mickey said in a press conference the other day. Mickey Lewis, don't know Jack. Dude, I <laughs> You're going to get me started with the Mickey Loomis slander. Oh, Don't get man. started. Look, we'll save look, it for okay. Sunday. Look, he's but. a cap genius, but let's be real. When it comes to first-round picks, Sean Payton screwed us. But Yeah, Sean Payton sucked at drafting the first round. What are you talking about? Last year, it didn't, it didn't look too good either, right? 
You took Chris Olave in the first round, who's a contender for rookie of the oh, year. Oh, I thought you're. Ta- I thought we took somebody else too. No, we had. Chris oh, yeah, o- we might have, but we we, we took. It'll the, be we interesting took the offensive this year. Trevor Penning. We took be- Trevor Penning, who yeah, got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Hurt. That's who I was like. That's mm. not a bad pick. It's not it a was bad pick at all. He's good. Again, I think it's something hurt. that, like I say it a lot, you're just gonna have to wait and see, and yeah. that's just when the season starts. We'll talk about it. We'll keep you all updated on that. Something else to talk about that I know you all are very excited to talk about is LSU losing its second midweek game in a row. They lost 6-5 to five to Nickel State. Andre, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? Bullpen. Trash. Um, pretty much. <laughs> hold That's on. <laughs> yeah. And I like, uh, at least I got some sleep after this loss, unlike last week. Um, as we all know, everybody's <laughs> been checking up on me. I'll, I'll kind of explain that real quick. Um, yes, I have a very bad hatred for ULALA, University, University of Louisiana at Lafayette. It ain't Louisiana. Can't call yourselves that. You're not a whole state. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, like that was their Super Bowl. Then they got swept by James Madison. So haha, have fun uh, hanging your midweek banner. Um, I, I, but here we go. Here, here we go. I still have a problem with um, the way these guys can't throw strikes. I mean, you have Riley Cooper who's been there. Thatcher Hurd, I mean, was an ace last year, and these guys just can't throw strikes. You got Bryce Collins struggling. Don't get me started on Blake Money. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a few of them, but, I mean, you can't have those guys to struggle to beat Nichols when you have to go and play a regional with teams that can actually hit. Like, you're going to have a bad day. Yeah, my biggest thing uh, from this game was base running. This team sucks at base running, just like flat out. They, it's you've seen little mistakes here and there all season, but it hasn't like cost us a game yet. And finally, this past week uh, against Nichols, it did. In that, like, I just don't understand how you're playing Division One college baseball on like a scholarship, and you pass up a runner at third with with mm-hmm. with one out. You had a whole nother out to play with, and there's a fly ball, and you take off, don't tag, and pass up the guy in front of you. I just don't understand what you're doing at this level of baseball how you're going to make that mistake. And that's something that needs to be addressed in, in practices, like very badly. The base from burning has been bad all season. And that was Jack Merrifield who did that. And I think motivation is something that you have to take into a factor too. You're sweeping teams like Ole Miss who won the World Series. You're beating teams like Kentucky who are ranked number 12th, winning those series. And then all of a sudden you get to these midweek games and you might say, okay, I think we're good. I think we can breathe a little bit. So sometimes motivation might go into that. Um, I've, I have a feeling that Jack Merrifield might be finding his way back to St. Landry Parish soon. Oh uh, my. And the Eunice LSUE Bengals. Again, we'll just wait and see there. You just never know. LSU will take on Alabama at home in a three-game series this weekend, and then we'll head to Hammond to play Southeastern to see if they can break that uh, midweek losing streak. It's at a point where I'm genuinely like more nervous for a midweek game. Than I am for yes. the, the, the series. Because I, I know we're like, going to go and sweep this week, and I'm going to be like, oh, all our problems are fixed. And, and then, then we're going to lose to Southeastern. And then we're going to lose to Southeastern. Well, moving on, something you don't have to be so worried about is LSU women's basketball team. As Haley Van Lith just announced this afternoon on Thursday, the 27th, that she is coming to LSU next season. Andre, what does this mean for women's basketball? Uh, LSU, <laughs> juggernaut. Like, Right away, like you get Haley Van Litt, the the number one transfer. That's two years straight. Um, I'm gonna let Nate talk about Gary, but um, she's she's gonna replace Alexis Morris, who had all the talent in the world and all the experience in the world that this Tiger, like this Lady Tigers team, needed. And that's replacing right away. Like you don't have to worry about. Oh, I don't know about Flaugé's experience. 
I don't know about um, Michaela Williams coming in, but I mean, right away, we're going to see production from her. And then let's be real. Kim Mulkey takes what she wants mm-hmm. to like, and that's how it's going to be like America. Y'all going to have to stay hating because this is going to be, this is just Kim Mulkey's world and we're living <laughs> there's in a, it. There's a video of her after they announced that Van Lith was coming with her. She's got, she's sitting in her chair with her feet up on her desk <laughs> and her hands on her head. Yeah, man. She's flip flops are on the she's table. Chilling. But I wanted to give a shout out to Gary Reedus, uh, recruiting recruiting coach for the the women's basketball team. They're just outstanding at his job. Just actually like unbelievable. Um, he's gotten the number one transfer out of the portal two years in a row now. That is beyond impressive. And he's he's played a huge role in in what this LSU team is becoming. And that's what it seems. It seems that President Tate said, oh, he was on the phone during the parade. Like, I'm always recruiting, coach. I'm always recruiting. He's always working. He doesn't get enough attention, And possibly it was Haley Van Durant, as a lot of people are calling her. Yeah, but (laughs) people are going to be even more mad when... um, We win it again. Well, when we get Moro. And then it's like that future. I I think we ain't done yet. (laughs) LSU right now would be the school to be. You look at them, they weren't that number one SEC South Carolina dominant team last year, and they still won. Now just imagine what they're going to be able to do with more weapons, with more experience that Alexis Morris has. I think it will be exciting, and it might just live up to President Tate's hope of Flage Johnson winning three more national championships, really putting that pressure on her. And this recruiting process, I think, is helping that theory out a lot. That is all we have for you today. I am Patricia Caputo, Nathan Messina, Andre Champagne. Thank you for joining me. This has been the Hodges Huddle.